if 2020 could get any crazier, uh, one of the justices of the Supreme Court, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, died today, or not today, but uh, this week. And so we're going to title this, uh, you know, Should We Rejoice at the Death of the Wicked? That's something that Christians often think about. You know, we think, you know, we're better than that. We're not like the wicked. We shouldn't rejoice when bad things happen to bad people. And we should um, uh, just, you know, keep our dignity and be respectful and polite and so forth. Um, but but what I, I want to look at this a little bit uh, from a biblical standpoint. Um, but before I get into that... Think about this, though. When someone like Hitler, Saddam Hussein, bin Laden, or some other dictator or tyrant dies, are people sad or are they happy? Now think about that. Um, you know, you, you know. You think about those people. Um, well, you could go into some of these communist rulers and dictators as well. How many millions of people those people murdered? People don't celebrate those people and say, "Well, we had some disagreements, uh, you know, with them, um, but we still must honor them for, you know, for what they did." Uh, nobody does that. It doesn't make any sense, right? Um, but when someone like Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who had a long history of wickedness, supporting anti-biblical feminism, homosexual marriage, gender confusion, and abortion, um, and, 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 and so much more. When someone like that dies, um, we're told that we must celebrate her as a great American. Even conservatives, I was watching them. They're trying to just say nice things, uh, you know, because this is a time for mourning now, and then tomorrow's the time for fighting, right? Um, but, um, you know, I, I couldn't help but some of the comments that, that I heard, oh, she was strong, she was smart, uh, she was good buddies with Anthony uh, Scalia, who was a you know, the opposite of her uh, from uh, a political and a, you know, moral standpoint. He was a uh, conservative and she was a liberal, but yet they, somehow they were, were like good buddies. I don't quite understand that. But, um, uh, you know, this, this woman is, you know, a lot of people don't think about this, but we think about those other dictators and it's easy to celebrate and say, yeah, good, good riddance, bin Laden is dead. He attacked our country and killed all those innocent people. But this woman is covered in the blood of so many innocent unborn babies. Um, and, you know, she cast her vote for that all, you know, all the time. Whenever that issue came up, she was pro the murder of innocent babies, pro-abortion. Um, but, but we don't seem to have a moral compass anymore to understand that that is just as wicked as somebody like Hitler or Stalin or somebody else. That's, that's even probably worse because you're murdering somebody who can't even fight back. You're murdering the most innocent, the most uh, vulnerable people uh, that you can uh, do something like that to, an, an unborn child. Um, you know, so, so for me, when, when I see all these conservatives trying to be super righteous and stuff like that and say, well, we don't rejoice at the death of you know, somebody who's done these things, uh, we, we, we must just you know, honor them and, and look at their good qualities. That's like somebody asking me to honor Satan because he can do some good things. You know, Satan obviously doesn't look bad on everything he does. 
I mean, otherwise nobody would follow him, right? People follow him because he, he you know, it, it looks like he does some good things for some people and, and so forth. So I don't, I don't say I'm going to respect Satan because he's very smart. Um, so when, when he dies and God casts him in the lake of fire, I'm not going to say, well, you know, let's not celebrate today. <laughs> you know, um, but, but then there's the case, you know, you don't want to be obnoxious and, uh, you know, totally reveling in the death of a wicked person, you know. Um, I did want to sing, and I did here, but not out in public. Ding dong, the witch is dead, the wicked witch is dead. All right, so um, I must admit that. And uh, you know what? I do not feel one bit of shame for doing that. I have to be honest with you. Um, and... I'm going to use some scriptures to try to justify that here today. <laughs> uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 10 says, When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. They shout for joy when the wicked die. Of course we do. Okay, now if I have, an, uh, you know, if I have a personal vendetta against some guy and he's my enemy and I rejoice when he dies, that's what the Bible calls a sin. That is not what you're supposed to do. But when there's a wicked ruler that is causing pain and suffering and bringing curses upon your nation, why would you not rejoice when that person is no longer able to bring that curse or that suffering or that pain to your nation? Of course you do. It's a natural feeling. In fact, when Hillary Clinton lost, I sang that same song. Ding dong, the witch is dead. I, I, I think I sang it every day and with a smile on my face, felt like I was full of the spirit doing it at the same time. So um, anyways, it was a, a, a precious moment. Uh, <laughs> Psalms 58, verse 6. The psalmist says this about the wicked. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Okay, he's referring to these lions as these, these tyrants and these dictators that were harming the innocent. Okay, and the psalmist says, break their teeth. You know, God, take your fist, punch their mouth, and bust their mouth open. Okay. Now, we don't hear this taught in our churches today because we have to skip these verses because we're more holy than the Bible, I guess. You know, that's, that's what a lot of people believe. We're more righteous than God. We're above the fray. We, uh, you know, could, that's one thing that Republicans and Christian conservatives, that's one big mistake they've been making for generations. They're always saying we're above the fray. We're, we're better than that. We're not going to stoop down to that. And, they, and by doing so, the enemy always takes advantage of our self-righteousness and keeps gaining ground on us nonstop because we don't have the toughness, the grit, and the common sense to celebrate uh, when the wicked are defeated or to, to take the enemy out when they are on their heels. Okay, So when the enemy's on its heels, a lot of conservatives say, well, let's not keep attacking them now. This is not the time. Tomorrow we will. But you look at the Bible, uh, you know, when Joshua went after the Canaanites and went, went out to defeat them, they did not, he did not let up on the enemy. There was no mercy for the wicked at that point. Um, and, uh, and so on. Someone say, well, that's the Old Testament, you know. Um, 
God was very angry back then, and now he's very nice and full of grace. It's simply not true. They don't understand what they're talking about when they say that. Yes, the New Testament, Jesus, Jesus died on the cross so that we can have uh, forgiveness of sins. But mercy and grace is for repentant sinners who believe in Jesus. It's not for unrepentant uh, wicked people who refuse to follow God. It's not for them. Justice and judgment is for them. And, that, and that's what this is talking about. Break their teeth. Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. In other words, when the enemy shoots their darts at us, and we're not talking physically here necessarily, um, he's asking God to stop their arrows. Uh, Psalms 58 verse 8 says, As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away. Let the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. In other words, this psalmist is praying that, uh, I wish that these wicked people before they were even born were not born. Okay. Now that's not a s statement in support of abortion, obviously. It's just a statement saying, we don't, we want the wicked gone at the very conception of them being wicked. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. Okay? Uh, the, here it is. Psalms 58 verse 10. This is what I came here for. These uh, uh, few passages. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance, he shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. Verily he is a God that judgeth in the earth. Now think about that. Think about, I mean, this, again, these verses would not be read in the majority of our churches today because it's not politically correct. It's not nice and sugar-coated. So, I mean, this is common sense, though. If you, if you don't rejoice at your enemy being defeated, then maybe what you're saying is you kind of are a wimp or you are sympathetic towards the kingdom of darkness. I'm not sympathetic towards the kingdom of darkness. I look forward to the day. I, I want them all to repent, right? I want, like God says, I am long suffering that all come to repentance. But I'm looking forward to the day when uh, those people that will not repent are cast into the lake of fire and their soul is destroyed. I don't want them around anymore. I'm not going to, uh, I don't think, I don't think anybody at that point is going to shed a tear. They're not going to shed a tear. I, I know they won't because, in fact, there's a scripture, I believe it's in Isaiah 14, where it prophesies of Satan being cast into the pit and everybody starts mocking him, saying, is this the man that deceived the whole world? There was no, oh, I feel sorry for him. Uh, I wish he would have been good. At that point, when they've had every chance they've had to be good, um, to turn their from their wicked ways, um, the only thing that's left is for them is to, to get rid of them. Uh, Psalms 58 verse 11, So that a man shall say, Verily there is a reward for the righteous. Okay, I already read that verse. But think about that. Washing your feet in the blood of the wicked. Now picture this in a calm, you know, we're talking spiritually, uh, but, but in order to get the picture embedded in our mind, picture a physical army 
defeating another army and you're totally annihilating the enemy and your feet are just covered in blood of the enemy that you just defeated. That's the picture that the psalmist says he's looking forward to. Okay, He's looking forward to that time. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 verse 42. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood. God says, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives from the beginning of the revenges upon the enemy. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with everything that's going on. It looks like it could go either way. It looks like America could totally fall apart and we be taken into captivity. But I also see another element in here that gives me some hope. And that element is a man who is totally frustrating the plans of the evil people. And that man I'm speaking of is Donald Trump. Without Donald Trump in the, Donald Trump in the picture, I'd say we're totally doomed. But it seems like God is using Donald Trump to, to totally frustrate their plans. I mean, they're totally panicking. They're upset every day, the leftists and the liberals. They're not comfortable in their sins right now. They are the most um, unhappy people in the world. They're so negative. They're so full of hate. They're so bitter. And I believe God's punishing them. But it can go both ways. God can punish them and the entire nation at the same time. You know, he can do that. But we'll see what happens. Um, so I bring up Donald Trump because it talks about the beginning of the revenges upon the enemy. The enemy just got away with everything they were doing for a long time, and now they're not getting away with it. Now somebody's actually fighting them. Um, and, uh, you know, when we read scriptures like this, now does Donald Trump seem all that bad? Does he seem all that, you know, when he mocks people and belittles the enemy? Does that sound so evil now? When you read Psalms talking about treading upon, bathing your feet in the blood of the wicked, um, it's called just... Normalcy. We've become so, so weak and so politically correct that uh, we lose all common sense and perspective. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, and you know why that is. Satan has purposely made us, he's used our compassion against us. He's, he's made us so that we don't want to fight back, so that we always say, no, that's a little too harsh. We don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to put murderers and rapists and child abusers. We don't want to give them the death penalty because, man, two wrongs don't make a right, you know, or something like that. Uh, you know, all this nonsense. Uh, Deuteronomy 32 verse 43 says, Rejoice, rejoice, O you nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. Now think about that. This says it right there, and I just mentioned it. God is long-suffering that all should come to repentance, but he does not show mercy to the wicked. It says it right here. He says rejoice when he destroys the wicked, but at the same time it says he'll be merciful unto his land and to his people. Okay. Um, Revelation chapter 18. we got two more verses here. And we're going to look at... Uh, we're going to tie this into what's going on here today with the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, which I will throw this out. I believe it's very possible, and I didn't mention this, 
but it's worth mentioning in passing. I don't normally like to, you know, try to uh, point fingers at people and say something about their bloodline or their heritage, but I really do believe that she most probably is of the seed line of the serpent. We've talked about that going all the way back to Cain um, and, uh, and so on. So that's worth mentioning. And I think she was probably the first one to be on the Supreme Court. Um, Revelation 18 verse 19 says this, And they cast dust on their heads and cried, weeping and wailing, saying, Alas, alas, the great city, wherein was made rich all that had ships in the sea, by reason of her costliness, for in one hour she is made desolate. Now this chapter, I'm just jumping in and picking a verse here, but this chapter, they're weeping over the fall of Babylon. This great pagan city, okay, which is a symbol of the pagan world system that is arising today. So these, there are all these people here, when she falls, they're very sad because they loved Babylon. They loved paganism. They loved living it up in sin and, and, uh, and uh, you know, all kinds of gratifications of the flesh. But this is, they're weeping, but guess what God's people are supposed to do? over the fall of Mystery Babylon. Verse 20, Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and you holy apostles and prophets, for God hath avenged you on her. They weep, we rejoice. You see how that works? When the, when the good people die, they rejoice, and we weep. Okay? I don't see why we pay fake homage and respect to somebody who is responsible for so much wickedness. I'm not going to go overboard and you know, put publicly what I do privately um, <laughs> about ding dong, the witch is dead, even though I have now. Um, but, um, you know, uh, yeah, there, you could go overboard and, 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 uh, and take it too far. But I'm not, one thing I know I'm not going to do for sure is say, oh, what a great American she was. We disagreed politically, but she was strong, she was courageous, she fought cancer, she did all these things. None of that matters to me. What matters to me is what she's done to our country, what she's helped do to our country. And, um, and I think this is a good day. This is a, a, a happy day for America that... A person who has brought so much trouble upon our nation is no longer here. They get to meet their maker. And you know, I will say this. Some say, well, Pastor Ben, how can you, um, you know, judge her? You don't know what her, if she repented at the last minute. Well, I, I know what the reports are. Her reports are, um, show, show no sign that she accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and no signs of repentance. It was more of still, it was still vindictive. You know what her, her last wishes were? that Donald Trump not re, uh, re, uh, appoint her successor. That is not a person that's on their deathbed repenting or feeling sorrow. It is wanting to continue the legacy of wickedness. That's what it's all about. Um, so I'm, I don't, I'm not going to say I know 100% that she's in hell right now, but if what I do know about that, the Bible says there's no way to the Father but through Jesus Christ. She was not a believer in Jesus Christ. Her fruits were fruits of wickedness. Um, what I do know now is she sat on that judge pretending to bring justice to the, uh, 
to you know pretending to bring justice now she will actually face real justice she's there right now facing the supreme judge of the universe and praise god for that any questions or comments <clears throat> I did think it was interesting. Uh, it's kind of, kind of funny, but the uh, scripture um, in Psalms fifty-eight seven, and you're referring to the song from the Wizard of Oz, but it says, "Let the you know the water melt her away." <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I never thought about that. That's <laughs> funny. I wonder if that's where they got that scene from. Maybe. Yeah. Funny. But I was also saying earlier is that she could have retired and had at least an honorable, you know, one last honorable move in her life is when she was practically dead and cancer and she's, what, 90 years old or something? She should have just retired and went out honorably. And instead, she was trying to hold on as long as she could because she didn't want... Uh, a man to appoint a, a godly Supreme Court justice, you know, one that believes in the Constitution. And, uh, so uh, that's just another strike against her in my book. Yeah, yeah. She, she wanted to hold... Yeah, in other words, she wanted to hold on, hoping that she could make it through the Trump presidency, okay. even though she was sick and... I mean, she that's what she was fighting. She was fighting so hard for, not for... She just uh, wanted to continue the legacy of evil. Legacy of wickedness. Any other questions or comments? All right. Let us rejoice in this day. <laughs> All right. We hope this message was a blessing to you. If so, please like, share, and leave your comments below. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, my friends, stay in his word every single day so that you can be a Christian overcomer. Thank <laughs> you.